Hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Engley, joined, as always, by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, how you doing, buddy? Good, Ryan. Nice to talk to you today. Nice to talk to you as well. And today, we are going to talk about Breaking Bad, our second in this, or third, uh, in this little uh, peak TV series. Breaking Bad, uh, of course, um, the show a lot of people... um, say is the uh, could only happen in America because it's uh, about someone who is diagnosed with terminal cancer and they turn to dealing drugs uh, instead of having any kind of health insurance. But I think we want to make the claim that it, the, the show um, is interested in not that kind of critique. I mean, it's certainly there, but right. um, the, the critique the show offers is more on the, uh, on the lines of ethicality. And that's Right. I do want to say one yeah, thing about this first, oh, yeah. though, that uh, while I am totally for universal health care, I, I would say that we have a friend who yeah. uh, got cancer in a country that has universal health care and wished that she got cancer in the United States. So so it's not always like a panacea, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. What Walt does, you might even imagine having to do it in, say, Canada. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is um, isn't that where what's her name is in Canada? The the one he poisons with ricin. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Right. I think I think. Yeah. For, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- I mean, that's just like really briefly. Right. Like the on the it, it, the when you have when you have the uh, when you have the means and the and the, p- the potential access. Like, I mean, this healthcare system, system care insurance system can work. You know, and and it because it, it has a, a higher margin, right? Like that's the right, kind right, of kind of right. thing. But it's um, uh, the as far as like a the the baseline cruelty is much higher, so much higher. Right. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Agreed, yeah. agreed. I was just uh, no, no, no. You wanted to put that my up there. Little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. The so Breaking Bad, like formally, I think, uh, or um, not formally, but as far as a um, a a product is really interestingly split in this, like, again, the peak TV era. Peak TV is a phrase, as I said last episode, popularized by uh, John Landgraf, who believed that after 2002, when there was a dearth of scripted television, only 34 scripted TV shows airing in the U.S. uh, across all networks, um, that there was going to become, it was going to be too much, and that not only would there there be too much in the marketplace, but the, the, um, like, Po- like not just profit would flatten out, but just like the practicality of, of even airing these things would be, become too much. And now what, what he didn't see was what streaming would do and how there would just right. be this like the split in the marketplace. Uh, Although Breaking Bad is not a, was not originally a streaming show. It was not. But thank you very much, Todd, for helping me come yes, to this point. Yeah. It interestingly <laughs> splits uh, the difference here because. Um, it was not well watched, even though it was well received and well reviewed um, in its uh, first season, which was, I think, seven or eight episodes um, on AMC on AMC. And it was between seasons uh, two and three um, and even more so between three and four on uh, Netflix that uh, it garnered it, it gathered its like huge audience. So it got a huge right. audience through uh, binge watching the show through Netflix and uh, which is part of the reason I think why, um, you know, a, a couple of years ago, they had the, this kind of sequel movie, El Camino, come out on Netflix right. as like kind of a um, 
like paying there was there yeah i don't know like 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 pay, paying this like fan candy maybe a little bit yeah yeah, yeah well yeah, and, yeah, and also yeah. and also like an acknowledgement of the role that netflix had right in, because in, it's in produced by netflix right exactly yeah unlike yeah. the series el Which, camino is a netflix film and and it, it's pretty good i i, I think so I, I would recommend it to people I think yeah it's good. and it's also and so yeah so breaking bad is at this like really interesting like this intersection where yes it's aired on uh you know what netflix calls linear television it was aired on a, a premium network on uh, amc uh, a cable network not on uh, ne- not on network tv and um it also did the thing it d- d- does a thing that tv doesn't do anymore but tv used to do forever is it has spinoffs better call right. Saul, great spinoff uh, Arguably more successful than the original, right? It's certainly more well, more watched, more uh, watched from right. the beginning, right? Than than right. than Breaking Bad was, like, because it's it's and and I think people, um, it rightly laud it for doing. It's not just Breaking Bad two point It's like it's really getting in to the um, Saul's character, uh, Slip and Jimmy, as he is uh, known in the first season of the show. Um, so it's kind of like Lou Grant vis a vis Mary Tyler Moore's show, right? Like the the second <laughs> yes. one is more. Thought yeah. well thought of, even than the first. Yeah, I think, right. I yeah. think. Yeah, it's. Is that I'm, does that does that analogy hold up? I don't. know. I'm not a TV that? scholar. So no, no. Know. Well, I mean, I don't know that. I don't. We'll see what happens with the end of Saul. I don't think it has a. Yeah. It, ha, it hasn't eclipsed uh, Breaking Bad yet. But I think a lot of people do think that. Like there, there are ways that you could argue that it's, uh, it's it's better or uh, in, in in a number of different ways or um or, like it's like the character the characters are more, interesting. I think. I think uh, yeah. then where like Walt really towers over everybody else, which is going to be what we're going to uh, get into. Uh, but yeah, right. because TV used to just be like seventies television. in The United States was all almost all because of all in the family. And, you know, you had the Jeffersons and good times and uh, Maud uh, and like all like emerging out of this one thing. So it's, so yeah, breaking bad's interesting because it does what TV used to do all the time. Uh, it, it aired weekly, which, you know, is, is becoming less and less for like event, uh, or important TV. There's, there's less, uh, it's a, a released thing. all in one package usually. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Through, through Netflix. But it also like was at this, this time, uh, before Netflix became a producer of original content, it, it was something that, um, validated for them how important streaming could be like a streaming model for television. So right. just on that kind of like technological audience uh, reception side, uh, that that uh, Breaking Bad is interesting for that reason. But what we want to talk about is we want to talk about ethics and we want to go to the end. So if you haven't seen the show, um, I still think that this, because uh, the way that we're going to talk about the show thematically, I still think it'll make sense. Um, what happens throughout the series as Walter White becomes a drug dealer to afford um, his, uh, healthcare costs. He, he does not want to, cause he has cancer. He has cancer. That I think we already said that. We already, we already said, said that. that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, in, but he has in his lungs, right? I think it's in his lungs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he, um, I mean, that all happens in the first episode. So mm-hmm. it's amazing how much gets covered in the first episode. So he, yeah. he gets, he has his normal life. Mm-hmm. He has a, some kind of attack and then it finds out that it's cancer and then he starts making methamphetamine. So he does all that in one episode. It's a heck of a pilot. <laughs> yeah. You got you to yeah. say, yeah, Vince Gilligan and everybody um, really, really get stuck into a thesis statement for the show um, early on. And part of what 
um, removes the actual financial imperative because that's the thing that to kind of push back against when people say like, Oh, like, you know, he, he does, he, he cooks meth for, for, for healthcare. And that like, what a statement that is on the, on, and, and like, yes, it would be except very early on by a friend, he's offered money to pay for his entire treatment so that his family right. will not be left right. destitute, which is what he alleges is the reason why he's, uh, like cooking these drugs in the first place. So the financial right. imperative is not actually there as much as I think it is in the way people remember it. Right. Uh, cult- uh, frankly, it's totally eliminated, yeah. right? Like it's totally eliminated From except very early on, which is, I think he can't cool. accept because he, especially the guy offering it to him, he feels castrated by this guy. Yes. So, right. Like, so this guy, they started a business together and he, he even says, I think he compares himself to Esau. He's like, I sold my, I sold my fortune for a for a pot of porridge, right? Yeah. Like or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and so he sold out just to pay. I think he says out to pay for rent for six months or something. Mm-hmm. He sold for I think a thousand dollars. I think is the amount. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a multi billion dollar company right. under this guy Elliot. And and Elliot also marries. I think we find this out through flashback. Mm-hmm. The former girlfriend of Walt. So mm-hmm. there's just a lot at stake for Walt in terms of his phallic power to give to accept that the the gesture on the part of Elliot, right? So I mm-hmm. think that's part of it. So it pushes um, the economics of the situation, like as much as like Walt will continue to say that they need just a little bit more money. They need a little bit more money. Yeah. He needs it for his family. But you, it is really easy to forget that. But like it's, he's foreclosed this out. That happened right. very early. So the economic dimension of the show is not as privileged uh, as others. And and to to fast forward to the end when he uh, is like in the final episode called Felina, he sees his, his wife again for the first time in, in a while. And he's trying to, he wants to see his, uh, his uh, baby uh, daughter. Daughter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for like one last time, because he's going to go uh, try to save his partner, uh, Jesse Pinkman, presumably. And he, he knows he's going to die in the process, either from being right. killed or from cancer. And, right. um, and he wants to explain himself. And it's not even clear what he dies from, is it? Like, no, it's not. It's not. He could be dying of cancer at the time, but it could be because he's shot. So yeah. I, th- I think it's probably because he's shot. I think, yeah, yeah. I, and and yeah. either way, uh, he, yeah, yeah, definitely. So that that's a, um, I mean, that, that's a, it's a nice final thing with the playing yeah. of Baby Blue. But but the, in this right, mo- right, in right. this moment by Badfinger, I believe by Badfinger. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the um. I can't remember if Baby Blue was written by the Beatles and given to them. One of the, I think, no matter what, is a, maybe that's the one that. Well, isn't that one "Come and Get It"? Isn't that? Oh, sorry, thank McCartney? you. Yeah, that was written by McCartney, yeah. and he, he gave yeah. it to them. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, the so when he sees Skylar, his wife, and what she says is like he's about to explain himself, and she's like, "If you said you did this for the family one more time," and he interrupts her and he says, "I did it for me. I was yeah. good at it." I, I liked it. I liked I, it. I, I, I liked was good it. at it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is interesting, and this is the part. This is where we're gonna kind of uh, begin our conversation right. because that sounds an awful lot like the ethics of psychoanalysis, the ethical position of psychoanalysis, explained by Jacques Lacan in Seminar Seven, which is a seminar that, as we say, you know, I think now it's time to say this about the show: either means everything for the show, or it means nothing. 
for this show right. because we talk right. about it a lot, but it depends on, uh, but I think, I don't know that I've worked out my relationship vis-a-vis it, but I think yours is a lot more uh, uh, hardened perhaps. But uh, l- could you do a reset for us about the ethical position of psychoanalysis that Lacan sets out in Seminar 7? Right. So he's he's taking Antigone as the example of this, what he calls ethics of desire. It's the only place he articulates it in his thoughts. So that's interesting. And, may, and I think that lends credence to the argument that Seminar 7 is a hapax, that it doesn't, <laughs> it kind of doesn't fit within the rest of his, his theory. Okay. But the idea is that he says, the only thing you can be guilty of is having given ground relative to your desire, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he totally flips around our ordinary way of thinking about guilt, because usually we think about guilt as, oh, I broke some law, I broke some restriction, thus I feel guilty. And he's saying, no, actually, guilt, the feeling of guilt even, emerges only when you betray your desire. And so when you feel guilt, when you've broken the law, that itself is, it's, that, the guilt is really this sense that I'm feeling bad about the law because I've betrayed my desire in mm-hmm. thinking about the law, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, it's, I, I, so he's trying to reformulate the understanding of guilt and then give an ethic to psych, like that psychoanalysis puts people on this path where they cannot betray their desire. Right. And we've talked about before how for him, one aspect of this was farting in public, which right. that is like disdain for how the public responds to you. So mm-hmm. I think that's a terrible example. So it shows that he doesn't really understand his own theory, but giving him the benefit of the doubt, like the theory, yeah. thinking about the theory seriously, mm-hmm. I think we could say that it means adhering to your, un- paying attention to your unconscious, mm-hmm. right? And, and what it what it's telling you through slips, dreams, et cetera, mm-hmm. jokes, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and not following what the other demands of you. So I think there's a there's a split between the demand for recognition mm. and then the desire of the other. Because the other thing for Lacan, of course, is that it's not, his point is not, oh, the subject has to adhere to its desire as opposed to the desire of the other. Mm-hmm. Because his whole point is, our desire is the desire of the other. So, right, right, so, right, right. Mm-hmm. so, so I think it's that you have to adhere to the desire of the other, not the demand of the other. Like yeah. that's, I think for me, that's always been the way I've made sense of that, what he's thinking about ethically in that seminar. And then I think it's a question what Walt does. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really, really, really well put. Because what um, what you see, you start to... Um, so in that moment at the end of the final episode, which is a, um, it's Felina, but it's also an anagram for finale... Um, the, that statement in this, the, uh, to do another Lacanian thing, the position of the statement is like avowing that one, that he followed an, 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 an ethic of, uh, of personal desire, I think, but not, right. not desire of the other. And in, 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 I think in that formulation that you, that you made, like, it certainly wasn't the, actually, wait a minute. It's well, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah I think that. Yeah, did, I think you could say that he was. Yeah, because okay, he yeah. did. I mean, like when you follow your passion, that's what the other's desire is too, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think that I think that makes sense that mm-hmm. the that the other's desire is follow your passion, and so when mm-hmm. you follow, I think another way of putting Lacan's formulation is just follow your passion. I mean, that's that's very banal, right? Sure, but sure. 
I think that that no, helpful, there's something though. about that that works, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, follow your passion. Yeah, and it's just so happened that his uh, passion was uh, was breaking the law. But this is the thing. It's like in we we talked about this before the show. Like the the dimension that we want to get at with this is that uh, there is an art to what he felt he was doing. Like right. he says it so many times in the in the series. No one can like no one can beat my cook. That's what he says. Right, and he doesn't right. mean like some chef he has. He just means the way that he makes. Way he cooks crystal meth, no right. one can be. And so there's a level, there's a level of artistry, a purity that he, th- that he can express in making crystal meth that he can't do as a teacher because we see him teaching early in the in the show. We see it different. We see him tr- try to speak to traumatized students after there was a plane crash. He's just awful at it. Terrible. He, there, there's there's nothing Terrible. in it for him. It's just something he right. he, he can do. He he right. doesn't doesn't care at all. Um, right. But when he makes, but when he, but when he makes crystal meth, there's a light, a fire in his eyes. There's that's a, right, a, and, and yeah, yeah. I think that's really good, Ryan. And I think it's, it, I mean, it is. You, you know, it reminds me of, of the. There's, there's almost a link, I think, mm-hmm. between Lacan's notion of "don't give ground relative to your desire" and Nietzsche's. It's only as an aesthetic phenomena that existence is justified, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. you know, that that there is this. Like by following your desire, you create your existence as an aesthetic phenomenon, and mm-hmm. so that so art I think is is really an operative term for that. That he really that and and I think a lot of people that like the show appreciate. I mean, it, in a way, it's like watching in our last TV thing we talked about the fact that I haven't seen any of these, but it's like watching. <laughs> I think this is a show, Top Chef or something, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Like, like you're seeing someone just. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I know that no, it is no. a show. I no, was you're just kind of playing around. <laughs> uh, that 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 you're watching someone who's just highly skilled, mm-hmm. and that's impressive. Like that's just something impressive. I don't know. You know, like I sometimes go to. I have a I have a doctor here that's really like an, an eye doctor here that's really good. Mm-hmm. And he'll like like I came up here, I was in Texas and I had these problems with my eyes, no one could do anything with it. I come up here and he like flips my eyelid upside down, you know, which Ugh. is a weird feeling to yeah. have your eyelid flipped upside down. And then he goes, Oh, I know what it is. And he like backs up his chair. And I'm like, Oh my God. And how did he go? So like he's like, You're allergic to the plastic in your contact lenses. That's why you're having all these problems with your eyes. Just stop you wearing them. Wear glasses, mm-hmm. you'll never have a problem. And cool. Wow. He was exactly, he, he just said it, he pronounced it, it was like oracular, you know, the way he pronounced it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was just impressive. Like, I was like, wow, it's, it's like there's a kind of artistry mm. in that, just to watch someone. And I, I just, I just kind of wanted to just enjoy watching him just pronounce. I'm like, can you tell me other things that are, <laughs> that that are wrong with me? Eye? You know, like, yeah, it was great. So I think that that's part of what it is to enjoy the show is to see someone that the show presents as just incredibly skilled at this thing, doing the thing that they love to do. Yeah, he is the Gordon Ramsay of C- Crystal Meth. I think is uh, yeah, Walter yeah, yeah. White. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. The um, so it's it's really it's interesting um, to to think about in, in, in these terms that like um, a Walt. I think there are um, there are times where, where Walt slips into different. Um, I don't know, maybe discourses would maybe be the word, but I it's not the same as four discourses. But um, I think that it's arguable and just like playing our, our, our conversation forward a little bit. Like, do you think that there is an argument, though, that he is um, like he is trying to accede to a demand of the other to justify 
what he's doing because I, I think if uh, the 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 reading that he is following desire as in following his passion, which we just kind of laid out, um, yeah. doesn't involve the family thing, the family right. piece, which right. is this ideological support that I think he wants to make it like he has this demand. There's a, there's, there's a demand of the other to take care of the family. It's in that a man should take care of the family in like you, U S society. Like, I mean, this is in, well, I think it's ubiquitous in, yeah. in uh, on the whole planet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. And I, and I think this is coming up as, the, as I mean, something that we um, uh, explored with twin peaks to return is the, the, like how that show, like, you know, undoes the, like the, the, the phallic, uh, you know, I don't know the phallic, hero. The, the phallic hero. Yeah. I was gonna say the phallic detective. You know, like their like, savior. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, good. and and yeah. I think that Walt, Walt like uh, insists on the specter of the like of the phallic hero to justify what he's doing through family. So in that way, um, I think there are times on the show that, I mean, he consciously articulates what he's doing as adhering to a demand of the other. What do you think about that? Right. No, I think that's right. I mean, so the question is, like, is he unconsciously following his desire and then consciously just justifying it with this demand of the other that he's obeying? Like, I'm just providing for, like, I'm just doing this to provide for my family, Mm -hmm. right? Which we know is a lie. Yeah. Not only is it ideological, it's also a lie, right? Mm Because we know that he could have just gotten the support from the the friend, the old friend, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the guy would have even given him a job at his company so his health insurance would have covered it so it wouldn't even have looked like to anyone from the outside as an act of charity. Right, right. And it's right. almost like that is like that was, like that level was too much even. Right. Because it right. was just, I mean, he'd have never done it and I think like the, uh, the a, a, a it would have been a short show too. It would have been, sh- <laughs> been a short <laughs> It's so. It's really three episodes. Fun. Okay, that sounds good. Three All episodes. Right, you got a, you got a rich friend took care of it. Yeah. But then yeah. I think that would have been the that would have been a comment on the U.S. health healthcare system. Right. That, it would the, have that been. you need right. you need the rich friend to bail you out because there's not right. and not another way to do it. You can't be right. um, you know a, a public school teacher and have right. what happened to it. yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's his. Um, I think it's his pride. Uh, but it's also like it, it is better. I think you know, in psychoanalytic terms, it's just that like th- it would be another way that this guy would castrate him to like right to right. help exactly. him in this way exactly. to not just pay for the the yeah to not just pay for the uh, the treatment, but also make it look like that that's not what it was like to help him out so much that it was like so oh much you got that, a right. job and uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, you could call this, like, you know how these 18th century novels are like Pamela or The Rewards of Virtue? You right, know, right, like right. These, yeah, like, yeah. You, so it could be could be like Breaking Bad or like the, 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 the damage that uh, the inability to reconcile oneself to castration ends up wreaking on the world, right? Like, like yeah, that's a, like, like, that's a long Renaissance title. I like it. Yeah, it, it would work, right? <laughs> because I think that's, I think that is true for him. Like, he can't, mm-hmm. There's absolutely no ability on his part to reconcile himself to his own castration. And so he can't accept the money or the position from his friend. Mm-hmm. He can't, you know, he, he gets obsessed with this providing for his family. And I think the key thing is, and this is, I, you know, what you broached a little bit before and I think is, is maybe the main thing we should talk about, is that he's totally committed to doing something criminal. Mm-hmm. Like and I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the show's idea is that 
criminality itself in large part derives from this inability to reconcile oneself to one's castration, which manifests itself often in envy, right? Like mm. that, that, that I'm, I, it's the other doesn't seem castrated. So I envy the other who seems to be replete with enjoyment. Right. And, and I, I despise my own castration and thus I resort. And I think the only way to get to that enjoyment is through illegal means because the law is, I mean, what is the law? The law is the acceptance of castration. Mm. So to obey the law is already to give in to the very castration that one's trying to overcome. So that's why I think the, I think criminality, I think what the show is suggesting is that criminality has a really psychic, the psychic driver behind it, not, and I think this is a controversial for sure, because I think most liberals think the opposite and many leftists think the opposite. I don't think it is socioeconomic. Like I think mm. what, what the show is suggesting is, is that the drive to criminality is actually psychic. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. I mean, it, it's, and I think envy um, is importantly uh, uh, teased out as uh, in, in contradistinction to jealousy, where right, right, jealousy, right, right. Th- th- and this is um, uh, Melanie Klein. Melanie right? Klein is the first, but I think a lot of people say this. So right, this it's, distinction. Yeah, jealousy is wanting the object, and then envy is wanting enjoyment, the other's enjoyment right. specifically. Right, because which means it, it seems wanting the other. Right, and also it means wanting the other not to have the object, like wanting to destroy. Slavoj likes to tell that story about how the Slovene says, like a genie comes to a, it's, he's Slovenian, obviously, so he feels like he can tell an anti-Slovene joke. Uh, a, a genie comes to a Slovene and says, I, I'll give you three wishes, but everything that I give to you, I'm going to do double to your, to your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Do you know this joke? I don't think so. Oh, the Slovene says, okay, take one of my eyes out. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, so that's envy, right? Like, that's envy. Clearly, there's no jealousy involved. There's no, like, I want to get that thing for myself. It's just Mm. I I envy this other's enjoyment and I want to destroy it. Yeah, and I think where, like, even to to bring it to the the socioeconomic, like, it articulates a lot where, like, um, if if there's there's ever a specter in, like, the news or in popular culture of, like, of poor people enjoying themselves, you'll see on the the right this, like, see, they're not really poor. Because if they were really, if they were really poor, they wouldn't be enjoying themselves. And it's, and it's, it's, you know, it's like this, this, this always this, I think we talked about it uh, a lot of times before, but the the fantasy is like, oh, if the poor person has a a smartphone, they can't, they can't really be poor and they, they they can't have that either. And it's, and it, and it seems like, I think a lot of people articulate that as like, oh, so like poor people shouldn't have things. And it's like, yeah, that is kind of what they're saying, but also it's like, Poor people shouldn't have an. This is what the conservative says: is that poor people shouldn't have an enjoyment that I also don't have access to. Right. And right. And, and, right. and for them to have it, like that, that's sort of threatening in, in some way. Like it's it's castrating. Well, I think it's castrating. I think to be rich means to feel more envy of the other's enjoyment than to be poor. I think that's just a logic of of the way capital works, right? Like like it's not. And this is why we were talking about this. Uh, just between ourselves, that the that the 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 rich are far more prone to criminality mm. than the poor. Even though, if the if the if the driving force behind 
criminality was socioeconomic, it would be the reverse. But, it, yeah. you know, like just the, the, the crimes maybe don't have as much bloodshed to them, although some do, right? Like, like you know, like, I don't know, Tim Cook's crimes, they, they have, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot, a lot of, of corpses. Just, yeah, there's a lot of corpses, you right? Just yeah, you don't see it. It's not visible. We just don't see it. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's the difference. Um, you know, and, 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 and because like capital does, to put it in a sentence, because capital does nothing so well as hide the fact of its own production. Right, 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 right. That's right. That's right. And I, which is, it's a great point. And, 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 but I think in some way, Breaking Bad is an exploration of the appeal of that criminality. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of caught between this, is it exploring this ethics of desire mm-hmm. or is it, and maybe it's doing both at the same time, showing what the, uh, trying to understand what the appeal of that criminality is to someone. Because mm-hmm. I think that's really, like, I think you're so right to say it kind of writes the economic thing out of it in order to understand psychically what drives Walt to that, to this criminal, this criminal life, which he finds incredibly enjoyable, right? It's, like it's so fulfilling. He's never been yeah. more fulfilled. <laughs> Clearly, and, and and we as people who watch the series are partaking in that. So I think mm-hmm. that that's to me that's one of the absolutely crucial things. Like the the fact that people watch crime series <laughs> means that they are invested in criminality themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm me am chief among them, right? Like yeah. like you're that that's part of what you're enjoying is the criminality. So I think that that's you know I think that that's part of what. You have to say that's part of what makes the series appeal. I mean, Although I have to confess that I oh. find I find Walt completely unappealing. As a, <laughs> I, I, it's one of the few series I've ever seen, and I think The Wire is almost 180 degrees the opposite, mm-hmm. where there's no one appealing. Mm-hmm. There's no, I don't like anyone in the entire series, and I still loved the series. Mm-hmm. Whereas on The Wire, I almost liked everyone. Mm. Like. Idris, like the drug dealers, the Idris Elba, the character. The, well, here's you know, the, here's the here's a question. This is yeah. you know, to to anticipate our eventual wire episode. Yeah. Did you like Marlo? I even liked Marlo. All right, there we go. Yeah. No, no, I like it. Good, good, good. I I, I do. I think the first time he's because uh, he just seemed like the the anti. He just seemed like the the um, like the 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 anti. Uh, D'Angelo, just the, the anti-stringer even, the anti, right. um, you know, uh, there's all the all the characters that you love, of course, um, Omar, like, but I, yeah, no, I think there's something really compelling about him uh, yeah. as well. But anyway, yeah, no. no but I, Omar is obviously the, 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 the hero of the show, I of course. think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun to talk about that. Because that, th- this is the, I mean, this is like the joke of, um, the joke of like popular, um, I mean, Family Guy even had this as a joke that like the, the, the character sat down to watch the Breaking Bad in one episode, and it's just the TV tells them that Breaking Bad is the best show, uh, except for The Wire. Like th- that's what the TV says, and you'll say that, you'll say that to people, and so like I mean like there there is yeah. a, there's a, there's a twinning of there's a twinning of those two shows that yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. instead of um, Sopranos, which I think is like. So I think the wire in popular conversation gets more like put in conversation with Breaking Bad than uh, the, than the wire and Sopranos get put in conversation together. Yeah, so, well, wire and Breaking Bad are roughly contemporaneous. I think more cl- more close, closer yeah. than Sopranos. I think they overlap by a season, maybe. I think that's true. Yeah, because yeah. um, wires earlier. 
But yeah, 2008 is when um, I believe when Wire started. No, 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 the other one, the other way. Uh, Breaking Bad. The Wire Wire starts um, 2002, I think, because 9/11 oh, so had kind of just happened. Remember? In the oh, first so episode? 2008 may be the last year of Wire. Yeah, I think so. If okay. there was a break in between, something like that. But okay. either way, um, to talk about shows that explore criminality and art, I think is maybe the 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 reason why. Whereas I, th- I think um, uh, Sopranos is, is interested in is interested in more that like family dynamic. So they do make a nice three. Right. Uh, right. Right. True. Yeah. True. Um, where the, where, but in, isn't the difference n- though that, yeah, sorry, no, no, I was, was going to say something isn't? redemptive about family and, um, in, in breaking bad. Whereas I that's think what that I was going to say. Oh, yeah. There you go. yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Sopranos kind of, it, it, it's sort of a pro family values kind of show. I think, <laughs> uh, I just, I also think it's, I think it's, I don't think it's critical so much of, of, of the gangster figure. Like, I think it more paints that as appealing. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I think that's know. anti-Italian discrimination. I'm quoting the show. Yeah, probably. No, I'm quoting probably. the show when I say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, um, I think to, to go back to, to, to Walt um, and to, to look at the yeah. ethics of, of psychoanalysis and how this is functioning is that um, Antigone, the example that Lacan has, of the, the of not giving ground relative to desire, um, is appealing to who dis- yeah, go ahead. Who buries her brother, right? In yes. in in, in contra- contrary to the law right. set down by Creon. So that's important. I think that that following her desire is it is criminal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's but she doesn't do it because it's criminal. And maybe there's a lot of difference in that, right? Like Yeah. You know, that's anyway. Sorry, well, but d- no, 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 it's, it's helpful because what I was going to just point out, and I think we can take take the conversation off on, on this on this point too, is that she's appealing to a higher law, right? right? She's she's in like she's invoking this, um, the unwritten laws of the gods, yes, that's what she says, yes, yeah. the unwritten laws of the gods, like the unwritten rules in baseball, uh, right. is, is what is what she's uh, uh, appealing to, and I think, um. That I I do think that's different. So that that might be, and that actually might be an example where I think I have this conversation with Carol all the time about like, is Lacan a good reader? And I wonder. Um, you said this too. Like, if if um, Antigone makes a good example, like she says she's doing that. So, um, is it like, is it not, uh, is it not possible to charge her with which she's not following? Uh, the like her, her own desire. She's like actually acceding to the, like a higher demand than the law. Right, right. I think that that seems obvious from the play, doesn't it? I mean, you would just have to say that that's also her desire. But why would mm. that be? Right, right, right. Yeah, right. I just think it's a it, it's a very tendentious reading. Mm-hmm. I think we could say. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, yeah. the better example seems to me would be. And and I wonder if Lacan thought, damn, I already used this in the previous seminar. Wouldn't the better example be Hamlet? Hamlet, yeah. I've, I've, yeah, yeah, I think that's I true. mean, and he had just talked about him in seminar six, so he couldn't really go back and say, oh, actually, the perfect example for me here is is – it's funny because I think Othello would have been a better example of – Oh, in the structure of <laughs> desire in seminar six, and Hamlet would have been a better example in seminar seven because Hamlet really does like if you think desire is this uh, that like the open question of what the other wants, mm-hmm. like Hamlet really is has fidelity to that. 
Yeah. Like all of his project is like, I don't know, like, is, is this, is what my dead father said to me, should I take it as from coming from the position of my father or should it be, is it, is it a malevolent being that's given me this or, you know, like he doesn't know. Mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that non-knowing, I think, or unknowing, I think is really integral to to the ethics of desire. That's why Rick Boothby likes it because he thinks it's a, it's a, it's tied to unknowing relative to the other, right? Whereas mm. the demand, you, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's straightforward and it's, it's, it's written out even. Yeah. And, no, and, and, that's and nice. yeah. And, and Antigone knows, like mm. she knows there's no doubt for her. Like she's just doing what she thinks she needs to do, mm-hmm. but there's no, like, there's none of this, uh, trembling before the other's desire that we get in the case of Hamlet. So mm-hmm. I think that that, and, 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 but, but Antigone is like Walt, like Walt does not tremble before the other's desire. He knows what he, he's the one who he, knocks. He's the, right. That's what he says at the end, but that, yeah. And, or at least and, what he wants you to think. He wants you to think that, right. I mean, there's always a, as, as you know, of course, there's always a gap between what, why are you telling me what you're, <laughs> Yeah, what you're telling me, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. no, and that's what that's um and um, uh, I, I if I jumped you off your train, not to to to, to reference uh one of the I think the more famous scenes where they rob the train, uh, yeah. In in uh, I I hope I didn't uh, jump you off your train of thought, but um, no, no, you didn't. The, the only thing that bothers me about that is that the 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 most ethically horrific character in this series, I think, unquestionably is my namesake, right? <laughs> like, that's... It's a little disturbing. Uh, yes, it's Todd, the character Todd. Todd, and, yeah. and the reason why... So I want to... Um, so just to put a... Um, to put a pen to come back to this, or, yeah. or to lay a flag down, I want to come back to the... Um, uh, to the question of... Uh, Walt... Does Walt evoking... Uh, seemingly, at the end, uh, uh, ethics of desire... Actually, no, let's do that. Let's do that now. And then we'll do the Todd thing later. Um, yeah, okay. Does Walt verbalizing, like, th- like avowing this, that he, like, I did it, I did it for me. I liked it. I was good at it. Like this, the seeming, like, does that undermine the claim to it having been uh, him pursuing his desire? That's a great question, isn't it? Because I think Lacan thinks you can have this recognition in psychoanalysis, right? Like seminar seven ends with like, is he good? Is he bad? That question doesn't matter. What matters is who you are when you've eaten the book. That's what he says. <laughs> that's the end, right? It's a nice line uh, about Walter right. White, I think. Actually. I think that's right. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so, but I think it means that you can, I mean, there is this notion of, and this is also Lacan's notion of the end of psychoanalysis. Like I am that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, or, or where it was there, I shall be mm-hmm. right, like that—that mm-hmm. that famous from uh, the new introductory lectures on psychoanalysis from Freud. So, so that which is translated usually as where the id was, the ego shall be. But mm-hmm. Lacan retranslates that. So, so I think that there is this idea in psycho, like it comes at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Walt's recognition, mm-hmm. and so maybe it's this moment, like he's kind of undergone some kind of psychoanalysis during the series. Yeah. And he comes to this point where he can tell Skylar, his spouse, I am that thing. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I think, I think that's okay because, but I still understand your point. Like how can you, if your desire is unconscious, mm-hmm. how can you say, Oh, I haven't give ground relative 
given ground relative to my desire, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my question really is that like Antigone doesn't even like she, what she says is she's acceding to a higher law, but she doesn't have like, and this is why I think, um, I hope this doesn't seem like it's like a minor quibbling point with the example that Lacan chooses, but like she doesn't, she doesn't verbalize her, her, her desire in the way that Walter White does. That's the, that's, I, I that, that's, which I, that maybe is, like, is good, which is, yeah. So that's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to figure right. out is, is, yeah, is maybe this, Lacan likes that. Maybe Hamlet yeah. actually is too close to actually saying yeah that I'm following my desire, you know, like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe that's true. Because, well, so it's interesting because that would also fit with, I mean, that would also fit with what Lacan thought about analysis where like you, like th- clearly the, like the, the, the revelation the revelation should come when you're outside of the like it should come be in the in the room but you carry it out that's why right. that's why he punctuated sessions the way that right. he did and right. and so maybe I don't know we, we could go uh, if if what if what what Walt says to um, to Skyler it is the two of them and the child in the room and it, it and they they're you know, they're locked in into he, he it's at a point in the series where it's hard for him to be inside anywhere because he's just a wanted man uh right. like clearly so it's like you could perhaps see them it as in an uh analytic uh session si- session yeah. situation yeah. um so that that might be kind of that might be one way to say it but like he maybe um in death uh after it, like after after this, is it maybe in death for Antigone? It's like like that revelation after the session is like it, it, that's where that's occurring. And for Walt, since it happens like within the bounds, there needs to be like another uh, another recognition, like an like another right. kind of. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's probably true. I think I mean I think we're supposed to t- take him. I mean the problem is like, and I think this is something. You touched on it. Like, is he really like he needs teaching isn't enough for him because Mm -hmm. the students don't recognize him. What he likes about cooking meth is the recognition he gets from it. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a tension between following your desire, who is like another expert. That's the biggest recognition he can get. Right. That's the and that is so crucial, Ryan, because it's precisely Gail's recognition that gets him caught by Hank. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he he his it's his. And I think this is, you know, it's funny, like if if you take Lacan's notion that the only thing we can be guilty of is having given ground relative to our desire. And mm-hmm. when we give ground relative to desire, we seek the recognition of the other. Mm-hmm. Then he is precisely made guilty yeah. by the one moment when he seeks out the other's recognition and preserves Gail's dedication, the the book of leaves of grass mm-hmm. Walt Whitman in his bathroom mm-hmm. in a public place where a visitor could I mean a bathroom, bathroom is a public place public. exactly but other it's people not can public come into it. yeah but other people can come into it mm-hmm. especially if you have I mean just think how cautious you would be if you had a DEA head as your brother-in-law yeah like you mm-hmm. would just you would keep nothing exposed in your home, especially when he's coming over. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, it would be crazy to do that. So, so I think that really does indicate that there's this, that the very thing that trips him up is this betrayal of the ethic of desire. But I, I, I again, I'm not sure that I, I mean, we've kind of teased this out a long way. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that I, am, 
I, I think if it's true that he follows an ethic of desire, then it's, I don't think, I think it says, speaks poorly of that because, mm-hmm. because he's so, he's such a despicable guy, really, I think. Mm. And I think that's something that needs to be brought into the calculus. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's true. I think, well, I mean, the, I think what happens is that you, the, the show stages this arc of Walter White becoming this figure known as Heisenberg. Right. And where um, in in the same way that Anakin Skywalker as Darth Vader becomes more machine than man, uh, Walt is becomes more Heisenberg than Walt. And but I think it's your you, your your claim here. And this this I, this might uh, to also pun on uh, an ep- the bottle episode of the series or one of them, uh, because four days out is also a bottle episode. But no one talks about right. that one. Everyone talks about fly uh, to introduce right. a fly in the ointment. Yeah. You don't think Walt broke bad because you think not. he was you think he was bad from the bad very from beginning, the beginning. Even yep. before he got the cancer diagnosis. I, I Every to... from the very beginning. Yeah. All right, let's hear it. Yeah. Well, I think because he's and, and he confesses this one time, he and Jesse, I think it's season four, there maybe it's five there together, and he has a long talk about him. It's when he says he sold his his birthright for a pot of porridge. Mm-hmm. Uh he 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 confesses to be to have spent his whole life consumed with envy mm-hmm. for this friend of his Elliot. So mm-hmm. I think like the very fact that he that that was his position from the beginning meant that all it took was one trigger to put him down this path, right? Like it didn't like it wasn't all of a sudden he went in a different direction. He was already primed mm. in that direction. And then the drug the drug cooking and then dealing, it just made explicit what was already implicit. And so I think it's much more of a damning film because... Series. Most people... uh, Sorry, series. Yes, you're right. Uh, It's much more of a damning series because most people obviously don't get involved with drug production and and distribution, but most people experience envy. So I Mm -hmm. think that... that, I think that's what really the series is fundamentally critical of mm. that that criminality is driven by that envy and that that envy is everywhere right like it's like hank it, it, that's why hank is such a disgusting character too right like he's he's constantly like he's only in the dea really because he envies what he's the the enjoyment of the drug yeah trader you know so yeah. so it's it's a fascinating thing about how about the u- ubiquity of envy and, 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 and that as an ethical, you know, as an ethical transgression, I think that that, so I think that that's, so I think the series is, is, is critical from the beginning of that position that he takes up, which then leads to all of his acts of, of unimaginable cruelty, right? Like they're all come from this like envy that causes him to do things that he then has to cover up. You know, I'm ready to be definitive in our, in our analysis here. And I think he, I don't think he, I think he is, he was looking for an imperative. He was looking for the urgency of a demand from the other. And he is not, it's not, he, it's, it's not him not giving ground relative his own desire. I think, I think he's following a demand of the other, uh, that, that he, um, wraps in the ideological baby blanket of family of family. Um, and that he also wraps in the uh, it being un- just unfortunate that he had cancer because I think that I, I, I feel pretty convinced by this. I think that he gives enough 
uh, Walt himself gives enough uh, textual inf- uh, evidence on this on this side that he was just waiting for an excuse to uh, to be Heisenberg to because right. of this relation right. because of this en- envious relationship he has had uh, contra Elliot. So I th- yeah. I think I think to to be definitive and to not. Uh, to not waffle, I think he's he's yeah. he's responding to a demand of the other, and it's. I agree totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree totally. I agree totally. So, so in that sense, it's not really an indictment of where the Lacanian ethic of desire leads, because it's not really about that. It's really about someone who betrays their desire for this demand of the other that they're. Tra- it's it's what's interesting is it's not a demand for money mm-hmm. and accumulation, right? Like he mm-hmm. does. I mean, that is, that, that's another one of these ideological security blankets, I mm-hmm, think, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not, like and the money just becomes this side thing that isn't really what's driving him. Like what's driving him is the very criminal activity itself, I think, that, and, and mm-hmm. the enjoyment that that produces because of its illegality, right? Yeah. Like I don't, think, I don't think he's the kind of guy that would just enjoy doing certain chemi- chemical uh, experiments in his base. Like, why isn't he doing that in his basement? You know, like, like really, if it's just about your own enjoyment, if it's about the art, if it's about the art and you don't care, like, and, and it's not about the other's recognition, then just do it privately. You know, like, like why the need to, to do it in this public and then publicly criminal way, right? Like he could work for a, whatever, another, some other chemical company that didn't, I mean, most chemical companies probably violate the law, but uh, that wasn't an open, like it wasn't a totally criminal enterprise. Mm. I think that it's this reading. So I think this is, this is kind of the whole thing and it's taken, taken 50 minutes to to put it this way. But like, I I mean, we, we started this way is that he presents like the final thesis statement about himself as a character that, that, that like is people really love like in television studies, like rightly, like I love that. I love that line. I think it's really great. Yeah. He, he presents it. I liked it. You know, I was good at it. I did it. For, you know, I did it for me. I liked it. I was good at it. It's presented as an ethics of desire. It's, pre- it's, it's, it's presented as the ethics of, of psychoanalysis. But I think if you pull back, he is responding to a demand of, of the other responding to envy. And it makes sense of what he does later or what he does in the rest of the, the finale, which is, responding to a moral law for him to kind of try to make up for all the bad that he did. Right. Right. So although, although don't you think before, just before we get to that, don't you think it's interesting that it kind of undermines, like, I think one of the main ideological figures in maybe in the, all of human history, but at least in the contemporary landscape is that of the dangerous other, right? Like Mm -hmm, this, mm -hmm this figure that doesn't respect any ethical or moral regulation and, and, and would do anything to mm-hmm. us. Right. Like I think we're, and, and, and the series prevents, presents us with a few people like that. Right. Like, like early on, what's the guy's name? The first where uh, the, the guy that, that, that Tuka? has the, the Hank Tuca. Right. So <laughs> Tuca would be one example of this. Right. Like, and then Tuca's cousins, who oh, come yeah. up north and they just like ruthlessly kill a whole van load of, of immigrants, right? They just, they're, mm-hmm. they just, uh, that unthinking cruelty and they come to kill Walt and then Gus puts them on to Hank and then yeah. Hank 
Hank, and then he clues in Hank, so Hank kills one and then the, the other. They are, just to put this in there, they are part of the most Twin Peaks part of the series when there is the uh, Spanish language song that explains the series and who they are. And yeah. like it, it's like this meta introduction and wrap up what's going on. And like it, the show never does anything like that ever again. Right. It's just yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Really, it's, a great, it's a great moment. It's yeah. lasts for a long time too. You're mm-hmm. like, wait, this is going to last. How long is this going to go on? Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty good. Uh, but, but I think what the show is showing is how that kind of figure gets formed mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. Walt because Walt becomes someone like that. Like yeah. when the famous, like I am, the one who knocks at the door. Like mm-hmm. like Skylar says that this is in season five at the toward the end. Skylar says, I fear there's gonna be a knock at the door and then what and then we're gonna be killed. And he goes, No, 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 no. Yeah. I am the one who knocks at the door, yeah. right? And so I think you see what gener that that it's really this like it's not it's not like an over it's not an it's not it's not too much passion, too much enjoyment, too mm-hmm. much violence. It's actually this it's it's this inability to reconcile themselves to castration that leads to that produces figures like that. So I think it I think in a way it's a kind of undermining of the Nietzschean Ubermensch, right? Like mm-hmm. like he because he kind of becomes this at the end, right? This Ubermensch figure, this overman. Well, I think yeah, go ahead. Yeah, good. Oh, no, I was no. just gonna say, and we see what how what what the actual weakness that produces that mm-hmm. show of strength. Yeah, no, that's really great. I mean, you're you're reminding me that um, I think if psychoanalysis enters a popular conversation about that, I think Walt gets aligned with a figure of id, which is not we would not. I don't think we would say is, is accurate. But right, that's right. but that's what um, I think the the like the pop Freudian discourse on it is that like, Oh, the, it is this, like, this is what you really want to do. It's like running, running right. wild. And, 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 um, Walt eventually becomes aligned with id and that, and right. that's what the problem, but I think what we've been trying, what we've been teasing out with the, this ethical conversation is that like, he becomes, he, he becomes a figure of, uh, well, actually not becomes, he starts from the beginning, a figure of superego, of right. this, de- of right. this demand that right. he uses as an excuse to, like, to enjoy, to try to right. to try to take the enjoyment that he is envious of, and so right. that's this right. like I think that's a split between like the um, the pop the pop Freudian understanding of id and then the like the Lacanian understanding of superego that Slavoj is uh, is really good at, at articulating and putting out there. Right. Um, yeah, I think yeah. that's absolutely right, Ryan. It's a great point. The other thing is, I would say it's almost his ego that gets him caught, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like if it's not his id it's that not gets his, him that's caught. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. The, the desire yeah. for recognition, like because like the, the ego, like the I that's in like in the world, like how like how because he wants to be, he loves the way, um, he uh, the way that Gale sees him is his ego ideal, right? That's right. That's and right. He, Gale is he, his ego ideal. Yeah. But don't you think it's interesting that there, he is in an impossible contradiction because he wants to at at once he wants to be recognized, which means mm-hmm. having some public recognition. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he wants to efface every trace that ties him to the criminal criminal enterprise. Remember the famous like he has these eight people in prison killed all at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and of course he kills Mike for the same reason. Mm-hmm. He he allows Hank to be 
killed Just for the same die, reason. Just let me die, Walter. He's, right, he's so right, good. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So it's. I think it's interesting. He's caught between this in this real. And I think it is an, an impossible situation for us because on the one hand we want recognition that comes with something that we did that goes beyond what's accepted. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, we want to efface every trace that would get us in trouble for having doing that very thing. So yeah. I think it's I think it's a, that's to me a fascinating dimension of the show that he's he really you can see this utterly competing impulses in him that just mm-hmm. cannot be possibly re- reconciled with each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like in what he does, like I think the the way that um they become, uh, or the way that the like that leaving the copy of leaves of grass out is almost becomes a, like a psychical imperative is because yeah. he has eliminated every trace. So right. there's no, right. there's actually no, all that what he's done is he's, he's created absences. He's liquefied people, you know, so there's not no body. He's killed people. He's done all kinds of things. He's created all these absences, right? He's faced the trace. And as it turns out, um, the DEA isn't even like, they're not even smart enough to put the absences together to be able to, right. to, to right. trace it back to him. And so he's left with, he's left with no other possibilities for <laughs> ego, uh, of, like, like identification, you know, uh, and, right. and, 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 and recognition of his, except of his genius, except for, except for Hank and except for the, 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 the concrete object. Uh, of the of the leaves of grass signed uh, given given to him by uh, by Gale, right. so that's right. that, pretty it's pretty good. I mean it. Sh- I mean I think it shows the like the um, like the uh, it's a pretty good example of drive like undermine like he's like he's out like right. he like he right. he could he's an utter figure of of death drive like he gets he get he's so consumed by his own he has to find a way to destroy himself mm-hmm. right. Like that's the real. Well, does isn't it in Fly that he talks about when the perfect moment for him dying would have been, like, and he and he goes, he imagines, like, the, he talk talks about the series, like before, some like before one, I think before the things with Tuco happened, like it was maybe yeah. enough money, maybe he could, like, the people would have still thought wrongly of him, they wouldn't have, you know, but then right. that's not even the. But that's but that's the whole that's the the family as ideological uh, right, as baby blanket right, like that's right, it's not right. it's not even true because he need what he needs is that is that recognition of, of who he is and is not and the thing is I think it's pretty great that the series um, is insistent on is he needs Jesse he needs to be able to manipulate Jesse emotionally into doing the things that he wants but Jesse's understanding and recognition of him is not good enough because he's not smart enough. To right, understand. He's not in, in, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Which is devastating. Yeah, he has Danny. such it makes disdain. Walt worse, but yes, yeah, right, yeah, right. Such disdain for Jesse, I think, throughout the series until the very end, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think it's only at the end when he overcomes that disdain for him. But yeah, he just out of guilt. You think? Yeah, what I think it's an interesting question. Like, what makes him leave New Hampshire? I mean, I, 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 and and come and. And free Jesse, basically. I mean, that's what he's... I think he's trying to do that. Yeah. He's not just trying to exact revenge on all those no. drug dealers. Yeah. I mean, he's trying to He's trying to free free Jesse. So, yeah, I don't... I don't. Yeah, maybe he feels guilty. It's hard. I, I think that's an... It's an interesting question. Like, and I think... 
Gilligan has gotten a lot of criticism for the the redemption of Walt. Yeah, I think at the end. Um, yeah, he even yeah, says I, on the DVD, "I hate it so much. I don't, <laughs> I do, you, um, like that that he thinks Walt goes out like a goddamn man." I'm quoting Vince Gilligan. Uh, that's from that. Yeah. I, I don't like that. I don't. I, I think yeah, that's. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it, it's he, even. I even. I even think it misunderstands visually what's happening yeah. because it's like, like the that when you know Baby Blue by Badfinger comes in and he's just like touching the the um, machines that have been cooking the meth. And he's like having this moment of like, of like, you know, uh, uh, crystal, crystal meth never comes home late. Crystal meth never hassles you. Crystal meth always like, like, I think we need to have some, some dissonance as, as viewers that like, I know he's, he's having a moment with this, this object, like seeing this as like, this was, this was the thing. This was the thing that appreciated him all along and he didn't appreciate it enough. I think that's the or he did. I mean, it's a uh, it, 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 to me, it's a Foucauldian ending. You know, like yeah, Foucault. Yeah. You know, he says, you know, this famous thing. He says, like, I, I, if I, if I won the lottery, I would set up centers where people could um, come and 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 die at the height of pleasure. So there'd be something mm-hmm. to give them their absolute pleasure, and then mm-hmm. it would kill them right then. Yeah, and and that's I think Gilligan's fantasy at the end that Walt you know, gets this ecstatic moment and then he dies. And I just, I feel like that's not, like dying's still dying, <laughs> sorry. <Yeah. laughs> you know, like I think I think Gilligan needs to read Being in Time or something. And, and if he dies and, from being shot, then he also beat cancer in a, in a sense. Right, right, yeah. right. You know, right, um, right. Yeah, I, I, I think it, it's uh, it's interesting. Like, like he... I just like, think there's so many better ways that show. I mean, for of course, I've said this to you. This many is always times. your thing, yeah, yeah. But it should have when, when Hank finds the book. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the series to me. Yeah. But I also wouldn't have minded Walt stuck up in the snow in New Hampshire, mm. hacking cough. That's the last thing, well, you know, be, like, because that's the because that's no no recognition, right? You right, know, like he right. like he he dies without being seen. He has. He's like not made anything better for anybody. And right. I think if you're if you're Gilligan, I think probably what he I don't know if it was in these terms, but I, I feel like probably what he convinced himself of is that, well, if that's how Walt goes out, that actually doesn't punish Walt because he had terminal cancer anyway. It just punishes everybody else. And I think then again, that's like acceding to this moral demand, which is what Walt does. But I think that right. the, the series did as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, I didn't hate it as an ending, but no, I do no. think it, I think it missed these other opportunities to end in a really, uh, in a, in a, in a better way. I mean, I, 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 it, it is, it is like the, you know, free, I guess freeing Jesse is this an attempt. I think it's an attempt to say Jesse was, more valuable than I was. Yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. maybe it's that. Yeah. Wh- which there, like, it just seems, um, Walt would never say that. <laughs> Walt would never say that. It would right? be, it's, it's like, I think maybe a better or more consistent reading of the character is if, when he freed him, Walt, like, cause they don't say anything to each other, you know? Right. And which is l- like to bring up Othello. It's like the end of, uh, the end of Othello where, where Iago who has spoken the most lines in the play doesn't say right. anything, uh, after, um, after, after Othello's death. 
Um, right. And there's not that much left. You know what play, you know. Yes, that's what he says. You know what yeah. you know. Yeah, and from this time forward, I will not speak word. I think is what he says. Yeah. Well, don't you think it would be like maybe in like if Walt, it would be maybe more consistent with Walt. And I don't know, maybe this would be something that you you would appreciate if had he said something like, even in freeing Jesse, he says something to him like, "You're you're not better than me." Yeah, or you're you know you'll probably whatever. I mean something. Yeah, I think that's right. I think he needed to get one last jibe in maybe um there or something i don't know i just i i think it i, I just think there are a lot of opportunities at the end that were missed I does guess. it to you is it tantamount to a revision of character what happens at the end maybe maybe because it is out of character certainly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's you know, and like, that's the that's the whole redemption thing that gilligan gives right him. has he yeah. done anything has he done anything that shows that he's He's concerned for other people. I don't. Wait, think lets he lets Jane has. die. That's the most villainous thing, or the, well, the first most villainous thing he does. I think it is show. right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And then he, yeah, the killing of Gay. Like, make. I mean, to me, I always think it's worse when people make other people do their yeah. violence. So I think the making Jesse kill Gale. Well, that's the thing with Todd, isn't it? Which we finally come come back to is that. Todd's the like the ethics of of Todd in the show are um, is this is really a fascistic ethic. And it makes sense because he's aligned with these Nazis. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. where what the the point of the of the the, the of fascistic ethics, if you like, is to um like I need to interpret dear leaders' wishes, even if they don't say what they want. And so when he kid kills Or that, even know what they want themselves. Yes, right? exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. So when he kills right. that kid at the end of the great train robbery uh, like that, like it is like, and it's an extension of Walt's wishes. Right. Even and though Walt would never, could never have articulated it. Right. Not consciously. And, and, no. Right. And so he didn't even know that he wanted it, mm-hmm. but it was his unconscious desire. I think that's a great point. It's such a great point that, that the, you know, like that's the truth of, uh, what was that guy? What was Trump's, uh, that not Bannon, Bannon but no, 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 the other the, the guy, no. Well, Miller, I guess, but I was thinking of the guy who 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 left early and then went on to CNN. I can't remember his name, but oh, Scar, um, not Scar, not not Mooch, not Scar- Mooch. No, okay. no, no. Just the the guy that seems the most villainous to me. But but okay. any of those, any of the henchmen, right? Like like mm-hmm. like Goebbels, let's say. Yeah. Just a, like like they, they and, 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 and and you know, it's interesting because there is a theory that Hitler never even ordered the final solution. Right. Like it was just it just happened because enough like Himmler and enough people interpreted his desire. Mm -hmm. And and And, then they and and it was what he wanted anyway. But he didn't. And it was, of course, what he wanted anyway. Right. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So it's interesting. So he is guilty for it, even if he never actually gave the order and articulated the words. And I think that's I think that's true. I think it's a good point. And I also think that's kind of what. Breaking Bad is getting into with this figure of Todd and the way that kind of subjectivity functions, you know, and he, and it's just, it's so, it's interesting because it's so, and this gets explored a little bit in El Camino too, because it's really about Todd's ruthless killing of someone for no, really just for no reason. Although in line kind of with what Walter, like 
this person is a potential, like they, they probably wouldn't, but maybe they would expose us. So we're going to eliminate them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why he kills the kid. Like the kids, there's no way the kid's going to tell anyone what he saw. Right. Yeah. No. And, and even if he did, what would it, he doesn't know who they were. He doesn't know. He couldn't pin it on them. So yeah. No, so they're going to figure out the train was robbed anyway. So like all, right. the, like all he's going to say is just the, what, what they knew. I mean, like he, there was a spot maybe that he could have directed police, but you know, they, they would have covered their tracks anyway. No, it's the, yeah, it's the, so the, the, the mo the most, it's interesting. The most villainous, I don't know if it's the most villainous, but like, but also on, uh, on, on the, what also goes on Walt's ledger is Todd's, uh, interpretation of, right. of, of his right. desire, I, th- I think, right. absolutely, right. which doesn't, which doesn't right. resolve, which doesn't absolve Todd from doing it either, but it, it's, um, like the, it, it further implicates and damns, uh, Walter for, and yeah. I think also makes the redemption maybe a little more suspect. Right. Right. Which right. is why I think we're trying to, 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 to play this out. Like, like in, in the redemption, like I think one of the things that for people who don't like the redemption but do um like grudgingly or otherwise like come to an appreciation of the ending is like well he at least admitted he wasn't doing it for family that it was right. a selfish pursuit but i but i think that's what we tried to do is that like that's not even true that's is, not even true that that is also again like like covering over it seems like a bracingly honest uh, right. avowal of, 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 uh, of desire, right. but it's not, it's just, it's further evidence of acceding to a demand that was convenient for Walt to be able to, 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 to do things that, uh, like to, 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 to accede to the super egoic demand to, to try to eliminate envy. He's in effect, like his story is the law lo- is like a longer form story of Todd in the show. I'm sorry to keep bringing your name into this, but I think you I, it's, it's crushing to me. Yeah. No, I do see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, I mean, it's just like the worst Todd in all of art. I think. <laughs> yeah. So it's not a common name, I guess, for to to be out there. Is so, he Todd with one uh, D? Is is that possible? Uh, I don't think so. Although that would be interesting because you know that you know what that in in, in German that's the name for death. Oh, so my parents, okay. I don't know what the hell they were thinking by naming me that. <laughs> but for one thing, but can I tell you a funny story? Go ahead. Slavoj almost, when we first met, he almost always in his messages to me, mm-hmm. would put just one D. And I'm like, what is this death wish you have for me? Uh. <laughs> like it's, it was very funny. Um, now he just adds things. Like in one lifetime, he cited me. It was Mac Gowan with an A. a, a. Yeah, Somebody said, go. is your name, is that really your? I'm like, no, no, no. He just... Doesn't really prove he's, he's giving um, you he's giving you object. Yeah, what are you going to say? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think that that I think that that you know that way of that that Todd has of acting is like the like what he's driven by is the concealment, and I think that's mm. another part that we've kind of, we've touched on, but I think is really crucial to what Walt, what what the logic of Walt, right? Like mm. that he has to keep it. Concealed, and that's what's. I mean, I you know, there's this. It's a bad movie. It's and it's not a bad movie. It's a okay movie called Skulls. Okay, and this and and one of the characters said it's about a, a skull and bones group at Yale, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and one of the characters said if it's elite and it's secret, it can't be good. And I kind of think like if it's secret, then it's probably not good, right? Like mm-hmm. I think the fact that they have to cover it over. Mm-hmm 
is itself the indictment of it. And I wonder if you couldn't go back to Lacan's notion of the ethics of desire and think about Antigone in that way, because her act is totally public. It's very right? public. Like, nice. Like she never says, oh, wait, I, I, she never does it. St- she doesn't bury her mm-hmm. brother stealthily. No. <laughs> like she's, and, she, and, and in the beginning, she's like, as Manny says, oh, we got to, don't. And she's like, no, 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 I'm doing it proudly. I'm going mm-hmm. out there. Everyone can see what I'm doing. It's not like they have to investigate who, who did it, right? And I think that's a key difference with what Walt is doing, that he has this shame about what, or at least the feeling he has to hide it. I know he doesn't want to go to jail, but that's even mm-hmm. part of the point, right? Like mm-hmm. this, like I, I don't want to pay the cost of what my act is. And I just, uh, this is interesting because I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to ask you to answer on this point, but I'm just going to say, despite what Todd just said about the publicity of it um, be- being uh, tied to the ethics, that does not mean that you're still okay with the, uh, the farting in public as an example of the, th- the theory, because what it relies on is the, it relies on everyone like symbolically being judgmental of that. And right. it, 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 right. it, it, it's like, it's the, the cynical thing where you, you need everyone to be against you for the thing that you do to have uh, value where, and you need that to stay in perpetuity where I think with what um, like it doesn't what like Antigone does is a, a challenge to the law. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Ryan, it's a great point, right? Like that, that she's not a pervert and <laughs> Lacan when he does that is right. Like the, the public farter is a pervert, right? Like they, 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 they're trying to arouse, bring this other's, and they needed to stay that way because they don't want and everyone they, to do it. They just want them to be able to do it. Right. For it to because, provoke a reaction. Which is, again, not like Antigone, right? Like Antigone mm-hmm. says, this should be, there's a universal, universality attached to what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas for Lacan, there's not. And I mean, for Lacan, qua public farter, right? Like that. <laughs> so I, I, I think that that's a crucial, your point is exactly right. Like if, if everyone did it, he would stop doing it. Yeah, right, right. And right. and whereas Antigone thinks the the right of burial has to be absolutely universal. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm insisting on it. Yeah. So sorry, I, I just I have key... to I have to cite at some point Lacan qua public farther. <laughs> but just continue. But continue your point. <laughs> okay. So and I think that's where we see that that Walt is different, right? Like mm-hmm. Walt is no figure like that because mm-hmm. he's so committed to hiding what he's doing at the same time seeking recognition for it. So I think yes. that's the, to me, that's the crucial indictment of him is that he, he is caught in this trap of, I, I can't let anyone see my private transgression and yet I need everyone to see it. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's the, that is specifically, I think what the, what the finale misses and it, cause it gives him this, this moral redemption. So in the and we recognize him right at the end. Yeah. I think when he's lying there, he it's like the recognition of the spectator that mm-hmm. that Gilligan gives him, which well, he, it would he takes be, up almost the whole frame. Before he does, kind of, it would be yeah. more. Wouldn't yeah. it be more interesting if he just was gone from this? I mean, that would be that would be pretty cool. Like mm. he didn't even get that recognition of the of the spectator. You know, 
Yeah, that'd be no. that would have been that would. I, I have all these alternative endings. I'm <laughs> luckily I'm not a. Uh, You're not a television not screenwriter. A, I'm not a television screenwriter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, yeah. that's pretty good. I mean, I, I think I think it's pretty good. I think it also like just to to kind of to kind of put a bow on it. But um, I think that um, what I'm convinced of is that Antigone is a pretty great example, um, but not for the reasons that Lacan chooses to emphasize because he's yeah. invested in because he's invested in a more um, I think his understanding of the the eth- the ethical position doesn't have to do with the public and a collective. I think it is too uh, trapped in a private ethics. Right. Uh, right. I mean, I, that's the, to me that's the that's the recurring problem with his thought is that mm-hmm. it doesn't. He's just not Hegelian enough, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just not. It's not properly aware of the universal dimension of. The mm-hmm. problems that we confront, right? So, mm. uh, which, 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 you know, like another way to think about Breaking Bad is it's about this is the cost of the de- of the descent into total privacy, and in that way, mm. it kind of touches back on this economic problem of the beginning, right? This mm-hmm. like the lack of a public sphere, and then that coincides with this descent into one's privacy, right? Because yeah. that's what that's what he that's what he he does. It's crit- I think we're and just in case it's, it comes off as being, uh, oh I don't know that that would come off as being overly critical of, of Breaking Bad. I feel like everything's been pretty justified, but I do think I think it's critical of the like family uh, dimension, the, the the ideological appeal to family as a justification. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. I think and and for and sure. in that way, I think it's critical of that kind of uh, traditional phallic masculinity. But yeah, it, but it doesn't. Uh, in in the final analysis, it like it it gives Walt a way out because he right. has been so bad for so many people that it's it's also kind of like they don't like they wouldn't have the agency to uplift themselves, which is perhaps like narrative like is a narrative condescension, I guess that like Walt yeah. has to be the one to right. like Jesse couldn't possibly get out of the situation with the Nazis by himself. Uh, Skyler couldn't possibly like you know restart the family or w- with with anything like uh, you know because he arranges for all the money and assets to be given anonymously to right. Walt Jr. and all like that they simply right. like these people like he's just like ruined them so much and well it, that's th- going to ruin him even further I would say yeah <laughs> <laughs> well because it's still, you're still dependent on him but but yeah w- but well from like I mean just grave. think about it like you you're you turn 21 and you all of a sudden get millions of dollars like that's It'd be terrible. It'd with be a, terrible, right? Yeah, with I mean, I mean, it's especially if it's if this show is being consistent with this, um, like the critique of like the uh, of of what like because the the biggest criminals in the show, it turns out, are like the wealthy people that are like in charge of like logistics and computing and like moving right, like right. huge right. amounts. So if if there is a critique of uh, of wealth and and criminality being tied together and not poverty and criminality, right, then right. that. Uh, you know, enriching of Walt Jr. doesn't track completely. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Totally agree. But I, I do want to say, I think mm-hmm. it got, it, it is wrongly slandered. For me, the lesson is watch El Camino because <laughs> we didn't talk at all about Jesse. That's true. And he's a pretty appealing, he becomes more appealing mm-hmm. even in, in El Camino. So that's my, that's my lesson. Nice, Todd. Okay, all, anyway, right. all well, right. Over and out, Ryan. Over and out, Todd.